Join us today for a talk on how to shift your customer's mindset from the uneasy feeling of, I'm being sold to, to the urgency of, buy now, as well as the importance of finding your touchstone and how to inject social proof into your business proposition. You're listening to Digital Bacon FM. Jason Townsend himself is a bit of a sort of music expert. You're on air, son. Digital Bacon FM. Tom Levy featuring Lehman, of course, Stephen Barnes in the background saying something to somebody about me fancying myself as a music expert. I think that in the in the in the entertainment world is never say anything if the microphone's open. Take that one and put it in the bank, Mr. Barnes. Good morning, sir. (laughs) Guilty as charged, Your Honor. Guilty as charged. Guilty as recorded. There's a reason for that. Uh There's a reason. There's a reason for that. Yeah, because I um, uh, I went off yesterday and bought myself a a brand new DJI camera gizmo thingamajig that I'm trying out to um, improve the content of my well, the quality of my content proposition. This is so I'm recording this this (laughs) session as we go actually. So this will appear on Intelligent Content Marketing and Zip at some stage, young man. Uh huh. So you could have said Jason knows quite a bit about music, but you just went ahead and said Jason fancies himself as a music expert. He fancies himself as a lot of things, including fancying himself. So there you go. How are you, sir? I'm all right. I'm all right. But I'm disappointed because that ka-ching intro wasn't really what I was setting up, you know, my audience to expect. So can we can we start again? Oh, hang on. All right. So okay. It so, goes like this. Oh, okay. Wait, no, um, don't. Hang on, hang on. Let me first. Let me first. It starts with me. So just before the show begins, my friend and incredible broadcaster jason he's got an impeccable taste of music he's just winding down that last song now and then he'll introduce me with a flair and some kind of sophistication through the quality of his jingle and it's right. just about to start to happen now it's two minutes past 10 it's friday and it's time for that moment that you've been waiting for the stephen Barnes show with me jason black is just a small part of it all well, yeah, you've got me on all fronts today, Jason, uh, before the show started, and also the fact that I'm um, recording this, and you can see actually what I'm doing when uh, uh, I'm talking to you on your show each week like this. So okay. um, lifting me... up my skirt and showing everything, it's all part and parcel of the strategy, right? <laughs> I didn't know you were Scottish. Um, but talk, talking about that, um, I'm going to use a line on you that I used on Tuesday for a little bit of a different kind of experience. Have you spoken to my agent about you recording you doing my show? I should get some sort of royalty from this, no? Me being sort of semi-famous and all. Yeah, I think I think if you have a million views on YouTube these days, you get something like two and a half dollars, something like that. Yeah. Oh, so go on, throw, throw a bloke a bill. bone. <laughs> uh, on on Tuesday, I went to go and do radio on uh, DYR one oh. 51 FM and I walked into the studio and two, yeah. two PR people from McDonald's were there and the um and the crew uh, that do the afternoon show sort of were looking at me sheepishly saying it's photo time because we've just been promoted by uh, McDonald's to do the show so <laughs> get your photo taken holding McDonald's chef <laughs> so I said the same thing to the station well, manager oh, right, have you spoken to my agent well, yeah. Yeah. 
Ooh. You've got the right caliber of guest on your show today, my friend. So you're hanging out in the right places. <laughs> so you're so saying can we it's... get back to my story, please? I'm, I'm tired of talking about you. Isn't it my turn now? Absolutely. Let's reverse the risk in talking about me and sounding better. Go for it. Right. So what we're talking about, I think we're talking about how to build a monopoly from nothing with no money invested, are we not? Yeah. As we have been for the nearly last year and a half. Radio. And last week, I think we're talking about reversing the risk. And the importance to reversing the risk is that you want to make it a sin. Make it allow people to have a seamless transaction with you. Um, and when people are sort of, you know, looking to, um, let's say, they're, they're objecting to having a relationship with you, invariably it boils down to sort of five things that trust, no confidence, no need, no urgency, there's no money for it. Mm. Um, so when you're dealing in a no trust, no trust situation, really, um, it's all the issues in play are based on the perceived risk and um, increased uncertainty or, or fear of losing control. Um, and uh, in relation to there being sort of, you know, no confidence, it's the same thing. So the way that you address uh, these two particular client objections uh, is to think about things like um, reversing the risk, offering an unconditional guarantee or a pilot or some sort of trial or um, a puppy trial, as it were, um, ensure that you get, uh, you know, trusted referrals and the like. So uh, you can, you know, think about, you know, reversing the risk through these two sort of prisms. Um, but you very, you very, very often struggle when it comes to, you know, persuading people that don't actually have any need or they haven't got any urgency. Um, I haven't got any money, but trust and confidence is something that you can actually address yourself through your own proposition. Mm. Uh, and what we did at the Hong Kong Visa Center is, um, as we've discussed before, um, firstly, we have a, a slam down, thank you, mum type uh, a reversal of risk proposition in our 200% money back guarantee. Um, we also enable uh, the trust and confidence dimensions to be addressed through the design of our service model. Uh, which allows for a, a sort of a in a sort of a minimal cost of entry into the the sort of the relationship uh, uh, with the purchase of one hour of professional time, so you can undergo a consultation and sort of you know, really kind of understand what the issues are and kick the tires and see whether you know my breath doesn't smell or they um, uh, there's something else that they don't like about the uh, potential experience with the Hong Kong Visa Centre. So uh, they can come in and uh, on a very sort of low risk basis, and uh, and then sort of upgrade their way through to you know uh, the sort of the Rolls Royce package if they wish. That's what they want to achieve, sort of, or they want to do at the um, uh, by the time they sort of understood what it's all about, or if they just want to continue to take bite-sized chunks and pay as they go, and you know minimise the risk that way. Uh, as I said, that's all accommodated in our upgrade up, up, upgrade path. Um, social proof testimonials. If you look on our website, you'll see that we've got something like 14 or 15 pages now, I think, of testimonials that go back down the years. Uh, we're a bit of a, um, testimonial sort of, you know, hog. We try and take every opportunity when we've, you know, been, op been offered a, a positive feedback situation from a client who's clearly delighted with what, with what we've been able to achieve for them. Uh, and quite often we'll ask them for permission to sort of, you know, quote them on certain parts of their, you know, uh, expressions of uh, thanks and gratitude. Uh, and then finally, the most, I would say, the killer punch of all is the free outreach uh, design of our business model, where we'll basically, you know, put ourselves out there for anybody who's got a problem with their immigration status and uh, answer their questions for free.
And and the social proof. Do you think that articles um, yeah. su- suffer suffer being dated? I know. I'll give you an example. There's a coffee shop in the town that I live in, and for some strange reason, they continue to post that they are um, the best. They serve the best coffee in town. Uh, they won the award in 2013 and perhaps 2014, but I think it was 11, 12, 13. Is 2019 too too much time has passed so they can continue to um, blow that trumpet? So would the same apply to you then if you were posting testimonials from 2010, for example, or do they hold true? Well, um, my philosophy is that service that has been um, rewarded through the provision of positive feedback uh, is, you know, something that belongs to you for time immemorial. In a sense, the the mission in the connection economy in that regard is to, you know, publish that those testimonials really as you accrue them and understand that, you know, the uh, continuing list and the dates on the most recent testimonials will speak to how you're providing service today and. Um, you know, hopefully with a re- reasonably sort of lengthy sequence of um, of testimonials dated chronologically going back in time, then, you know, the message is imparted through social proof that, you know, you, you, you really are um, consistent in the way that you behave yourself. So sure. uh, my philosophy is every opportunity that comes along, we publish to that and under there, and we've been publishing ours for eight, nine years now. Okay. Yeah. So I suppose that people would look at look for the consistency in the comments less so than the dates. So you've got a track record uh, yeah, of doing the same right. thing. Yeah. Well, you know, when you're um, when you're sort of you know seeking to settle your mind as to the bona fides of some party that you think you're going to have a relationship with, it, you know, there are certain sort of key things that you're looking for so you can uh, conclude quickly as to, you know, uh, the risk for you as having a relationship with that person. And if you can put yourself on a page on uh, on a website that just has, you know, 12, 13, 14 pages of glowing recommendations that are updated every at a minimum every three or four months, say, that go back for seven or eight years, then, you know, knowing that together with the most recent sort of information you've published on whatever date that is and shows that you're live and current and everything taken together, uh, you know, the impression fighting is that you're, you know, what you're doing, you've been doing it for a long time, uh, you've been consistent over time, and you're in it for the long haul. Mm, okay. Um, and what about connecting your site to other websites? So say, for example, you work with a company in particular, a restaurant group, or what, whatever, small business, medium-sized business, and uh, you ask them to speak about you do you put a link to their website and are your clients prepared to do that beyond a, a personal interaction with the company name behind it well for me uh i publish on our websites information that uh answers questions and helps solve problems and i publish information on our websites that allows our website users to take confidence in our bona fides that's that's the, sort of the whole purpose of uh, I, I mean, that with mission. Regards- Regards so to, to the, the extent testimony. that I'm not sure I understand okay, the question so, then, sorry. Okay, no, you know how um, s- some companies, when they work with particular clients, they will say, we work with X, Y, Z, A, B, C, D, E, F, and then link to their website. Oh, I website. see what you mean. Yeah, they're, so, they're, they're complete, completely, second, second-hand credibility, right, being completely yes. overt. Uh, I see what you mean, yeah. Um, well, I think uh, from a social proof and a psycho- psychology of persuasion 
perspective, all of that is extremely valid. It works. Um, authority uh, and second-hand credibility is, uh, is, a, is a very valid shortcut. Um, I, I, I can't engage in that activity because it's unethical for me to disclose, you know, who uh -huh. I've got relationships with. Okay. Um, it's just unethical. So we don't do that. And it's generally not done in professional services. And actually, we find when I, when I come across websites where they're marketing employees to actually leverage the, the relationships that they've got with clients, um, I always uh, look at that with a, a little bit of disdain. Fair enough. But anyway, that's by the by. So, so that's, that, that, that's my experience in those matters. Well, so um, really sort of tapping into the next concept, we just have to reflect back on uh, the Hong Kong Visa Center's sort of reversal of risk phenomenon, which is our 200% money back guarantee, which in turn is an irresistible offer. Um, and what you've got to do when you're sort of trying to tap into the psychology of uh, the party that you want to have a relationship with when you're constructing your irres irres irresistible offer is you've got to understand the inner dialogue that's, you know, what's going on in the in the head of your buyer that represents the sort of logic that they're using to qualify who the seller is and actually understand what's on offer, right? So inherent in all of that is, you know, sort of a certain amount of suspicion. So uh, that sort of tends to result in the application of logical thinking that goes along the lines of, right, okay, well, here you are, you've got something. So logic says, what are you trying to sell me? How much is it? Or what's the cost associated with having this transaction with you? And why should I believe you? Okay. Um, so that's the logic, you know, behind, you know, well, sorry, that's the emotion, if you will. But, well, no, that's the logic that's going behind the, you know, consideration of a transaction. And then the emotion, the emotional aspect of it, uh, you know, okay, right, well, kind of understand the answers to the question. So what's in it for me? And that's the emotional trigger to buy. So when you're constructing an irresistible offer, you should be thinking about um, something that will spark people's imagination, see, Im imagination and create urgency uh, for a buy now mindset. You know, like it's available to you now and it's a deal that you absolutely can't resist. That doesn't mean that you have to put artificial time limits on things, even though there's value in that. I choose not to put artificial time limits on it, which creates a, um, I believe, an artificial sense of urgency because I think that reflects um, uh, badly on the state of one's sort of, you know, uh, the tools that you're prepared to adopt to create a relationship with somebody. I'd much rather uh, lay my cards out on and, you know, demonstrate through the way I equip myself and the way that our internet presence is manifested that we're parties worth dealing with and that you should, as part of an immigration situation, you should deal with matters in your own time and you shouldn't have to be compelled to sort of make decisions quickly because of the business model that the service provider is, you know, foisting upon you. Mm. So even though there is absolute value in creating artificial agency, um, we, 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 we don't do that. Um, but uh, the way that we've constructed our irresistible offer in light of the fact that we want to spark imagination and create urgency is this sort of uh, idea that because we're selling peace of mind, um, if we can, you know, monetize in a sense and de-risk the situation, in fact, reverse the risk. Uh, at the same time, through offering a double money back guarantee, we can impart the, uh, the, the sort of the, 
the, the ultimate equivalency of peace of mind that you can get, knowing that we don't actually control the decision of the immigration department. But what we can do is, is put our money where our mouths are. Um, and because of that, and we know that you know the importance of peace of mind and the fact that we're credible as as providers. So we we know if we say that you're going to get your visa approved, well, God, my golly gosh, I must be going to get my visa approved because these guys are credible, right? Oh, and they've got money on the line. So that that is you know uh, an irresistible offer par excellence. So when you're thinking about sort of deconstructing uh, an irresistible offer such as that. Uh, how can you make such an offer irresistible? So firstly, you need a, a very high return on investment because if the value is clearly greater than the price, this may, this puts the client in a, in a buyer mindset rather than, ah, I'm being sold to. You yeah. know, it's kind of, like, oh, I'm ready to buy this because there's something there's definitely a valid, clear ROI for me. Um, and there also has to be a touchstone. It's something that brings the, the offer to, it crystallizes the offer. So that, you know, the person who's making the offer has to perform to it. Um, so, for example, you know, pizza delivered in 30 minutes or it's free. So um, FedEx, absolutely, definitely, positively overnight. Or uh, our touchstone is double your money back. Okay. And then finally, you need, it needs your offer uh, for it to be irresistible. It needs to be believable. Uh, and the way that you're able to bring your offer into, you know, the realm of believability is through techniques such as, you know, social proof. Uh, if you look on our website, um, I think the very first occasion we ever gave money back after we had started um, uh, offering it and we're publishing in the way that we were, uh, I made a, a post saying, actually, we've honored our double your money back guarantee. Uh, I, no longer knew, I no longer do that because we probably have to, Honor our W money back guarantee. Oh, I'd say two or three times a year altogether, which is neither here nor there at all because of the value that it adds as an irresistible offer. But yeah, social proof is a way to make your uh, your uh, offer irresistible. Um, uh, if you can produce data that uh, that substantiates, you know what it is that you say uh, you're capable of doing and you're going to do for others because uh, you've done it in the past. Um, you can be completely factual. That is that, you know, what you are, what you have is manifestly more valuable than what your competitors are offering. It's clear when you compare side by side. Um, credibility, that's a track record, which we touched upon just a little bit earlier. Um, and then you've got authority endorsement, and that can be sort of direct or indirect. Um, you know, one of the ways that we're able to um, inculcate uh Real social proof into our proposition generally is the fact that, you know, we teach the lawyers uh, under our schooling the lawyers program once a year mm. uh, on material that's, that's been accredited by the law society. So they get continuing professional development points for that. So authority endorsements um, appended, you know, into the irresistible offer mix uh, makes it much, you know, much more believable. So that's how you go about making your uh, your offer irresistible. Now, um, have you ever come across any irresistible offers in your line of work where you thought, my golly gosh, that's something I can't pass up? Because you don't actually see genuinely irresistible offers that much these days, do you? No. No, and I, I don't know if I respond to it in the same way that you expect most of your people to do. I, I'm, I'm very trusting when I purchase things. And if the experience um, I have the first time is good, I have an expectation that the service the second time will be as good and that 
that the trust has developed. If I use Amazon as an as an example, as a provider of um, yeah. goods I goods I purchase, when there's an issue, they resolve the issue. They resolve it quickly, courteously, and do the best they can to make it right. Um, so in that sense, the the even though the trust gets eroded through the the shit that happens in life, it's how well they make good. Um, so I don't. <laughs> I can't say that I've engaged with somebody besides yourself that's offered me a money back guarantee. But then when I went looking for a result, um, I picked your company based on a the, the presence on the internet, the phone call that followed, um, and an innate uh, belief that you would stick by what you told me. And I, I had no doubt thereafter. And you delivered. So... And, and, and Mission on accomplished, and, right? And, and, I, and, I, and I want... And on several visas thereafter for others. Yeah, and I wanted your money at that time, so I was prepared <laughs> to do everything that I, oh, make I me genuinely f- felt it was my, my responsibility to get your money, right? I thought you so wanted my friendship. no robbery. Well, you got that as well, thrown <laughs> in for free, mate. Oh, you see, you always get double your stuff back. You get the money and the friendship. What do I get? I get to give you a show. Wow! Okay. Mate, you can't compete against free. Thank you. <laughs> uh, certainly not in your hands, Mr. Barnes. What are we going to cover next week, good sir? Um, well, I think we'll come back to, as I like to do re- re- really quite frequently, and that's um, my experience on the Disney cruise all those years ago on the Disney chain of excellence. Mm, okay. Let's, let's pick it up next week then, and uh, thank you for recording your show this time. Um, I do though to hope that I've been a good guest. And uh, if you do invite me back next week, uh, make me feel special. It works. See you later, alligator. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Stephen Barnes, marketing maestro. He has left the building. Digital Bacon FM. Hopefully you've enjoyed today's podcast just as much as I did recording it. And now you understand completely what makes a business offer irresistible. Join us next time to find out how to control the experience environment. Mm